0: Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the
1: time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Today on Clit Talk, learn to find your own voice and never keep quiet again with YouTube viral sensation Milk.
2: Pussy,
1: pussy,
2: it's gonna be a good one today. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show.
0: Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure-positive podcast where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some.
1: Speaking up about sexual violence and harassment has been a major taboo we've watched dissolve right in front of our eyes this past year. Today, we have an extraordinary voice of this new generation of liberated, woke humans. She wrote Quiet, the powerful, unofficial anthem of the Women's March, which has over 2 million views on YouTube. She just sang at the United Nations, and this powerful change maker is here with us in the studio today. Please welcome Milk. <laughs> Yay. hi so milk I was we were talking
0: before the recording and I was trying to remember the first time we met each other so for our listeners milk has been a long time friend of mine i think for like over a decade, we've known each yeah, other. Yeah. And we, we we remember that we met each other at, I think it was an Eric Clapton tribute night. It definitely was. In Hermosa <laughs> Beach. In Hermosa Beach. And Southern we, California. We both sang in Eric. We were like the only two girls there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <we met> <laughs> and probably the youngest <laughs> people there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: so we were we sat in the corner and bonded. And we're like, all right, we got to do, we're, we're in this together. And, and since then, she's just been such a, always had like a, I would say like a sister goddess connection with each other. And it's been such an extraordinary pleasure to just watch your career explode over the last two years. Women have to bond together and yeah, really support we, each other in our careers. Yeah. And, exactly. um, and so it's just really cool to have seen that you really take that like full circle and everything that's been going on for you. It's just really been amazing to watch. So very excited you. to have you yeah. here. Yeah.
3: I'm so happy to be here.
0: All right. So we're going to start the episode with our Vast and
3: Loose Top Five. <laughs> Ooh. Quick rapid fire. All right. So, Milk, where are you from? Los Angeles. Actually, Palos Verdes. What do you call your pussy? <laughs> so, I heard this question earlier, and, like, my brain just said Clarence. I was like, Clarence? Where does Clarence come from? Perfect. So, all right. If you could have sex with any figure throughout history, who would it be? <laughs> okay, the first one was Eminem.
2: There you go. <laughs>
3: He's not, not even dead yet. That's the Oh, were you talking about someone dead? No, no, oh, okay, okay, great. great.
0: You can, he's still alive. That shit could still happen. <laughs> it's like, he's okay. Fine. What,
3: what? <laughs> what brings you pleasure? Honesty. Honesty um. brings me a lot of pleasure. I've been um, talking to this guy, and uh, we're super upfront about our fears, our desires. Um, where we're coming from, we're dating other people, I'm curious about women, like it's all good and that's really sexy to me. But well, We've got a lot to talk about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. We've got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Quiet and how it came to be and the difference that it's made for your career. Um, yeah, so Quiet
3: is a song that came out of my own journey of trying to figure out uh, my own healing because I found myself standing in my own way. And I was, you know, wearing the cloak of patriarchy on me, not really realizing. But, you know, I was sexually assaulted when I was 14. And when I had told my family, you know, with good intentions, I love my parents, and it's just a cultural difference. But they, the way they reacted made me, like, understand that I, it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And so then I carried this shame with me for a decade. And... The, the shame like manifests itself in really subtle little ways. Like it's not like I was just you know moping around constantly. You know I, I joined student organizations. I worked really hard, but there there was a point in every every moment where I wanted to like vouch and fight for myself. Like those true dreams. Like I would hold myself back because I was like, well, there's something inherently bad about me. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong, and I've brought shame into my family, so I must. There must be something that I should like protect other people from because I'm like tainted, or and so <clears throat> I I was just tired of living like that. And actually, that's probably Lindsay around the time like I when I started realizing that maybe it wasn't my fault. Was I was starting to actually hang out with more of my girlfriends or like initiate conversations with people I like liked hanging around. And so I started to go to therapy and through the therapy i started realizing oh it wasn't my fault and maybe there were things just being being an asian woman and also having a lot of expectations i think not not even um, not just the Asian woman, you know, demographic experiences, it's all women experience, like expectations placed upon us. Um, and so I I started to peel those back and I started practicing like bravery and really micro moments, like speaking up to my dad, if he would say something that like made me feel small, just maybe maybe talking back a little, like just in a as loving of a way as possible um, and telling my sister how I really felt about certain things and, And then my subconscious started uh, creating these dreams. So I had these dreams where I was recrafting my past. So when I was being abused in my childhood, I had a dream about that one night. And, um, you know, I was getting hit and there was someone watching on the side watching me get hit and they were not doing anything. And... I remember looking at the observer and being like, we have to do something. And the observer was like, well, if you say anything, you're going to make it worse. So just like be quiet for now and then it'll be over soon. Mm -hmm. And then I looked over at the observer and I said, well, I can't keep quiet and those were three things that I ne- had never said. It's like we need to do something. This isn't right, and I can't keep quiet. And so I woke up the next day, like totally in a daze, and because the dream was really vivid, it was like very dramatic. And um, I ended up going to my co-writer's uh, studio. Her name's Adrian Gonzalez. She's an amazing woman. Um, and so I went to her and told her about this dream, and she's like, "Well, that's your chorus." So that I was like, oh, I can't keep quiet. Yeah, you're right. That could be my chorus. And then I was like, yeah, that's, And I felt so emboldened that day, and like all the decisions I made were like I didn't know it was, but it was pussy-driven pussy at that point. I was like the in the verse, I say things like, you know, I talk about spreading my legs and how I was not told not to do that. I talk about, you know. Um, being a one-woman riot and, and intentionally using that word, knowing that it it's half the population and not it doesn't include men or people who don't identify as women. But I was like, you know what? I don't care. I was like, I don't give any fucks right now. And so that was really liberating. And we had fun with it. And then when we finished it, I was the song was just that. And I thought it was not gonna be something that changed my career. It was just like. This thing that was stuck in my throat. You know, I think all of us, like, if we have a story we need to tell and we don't share it, it like suffocates us a little bit. It tightens our chest, and we don't even realize it. And so, so when I said all of those things in my song, I finally felt like my shoulders relaxed. Like, and I didn't even realize they were tensing my whole life. I mean, my whole young adult life so then the song became this thing that um a manager heard uh and uh this manager was like i'd like to manage you because i feel like this song could be good for the radio i was like oh you mean you want to buy it for another artist and she's like no 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 for you because i was so i had been like hustling for seven years like my own path and i just like i i've had so many no's and stuff that and i've had i had people tell me like we don't know how to break an Asian artist in the States. You should go back to China and do it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. stuff like that too. So I was like, okay, maybe they want to buy it for someone else. But they're like, no, 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 you, you, you. And so I went through this like self-discovery with that and I started identifying as Milk. My real name is Connie Kimberly Lim and Milk is my last name backwards. So like M-I-L-C-K, Connie Kimberly. It's like a little bit of a puzzle. But um, so I was like, I want to take what my family gave me and make it into my own when the manager started asking me to change my artist name and change like my image and all that stuff, I was like, I feel like they don't see me and they just want the song. And so it became the thing of like, this feels oddly like my whole childhood, like, don't be you just be like the things that we want from you and then change everything else to make us more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm so done doing that. Um, but I didn't say anything yet until Trump got elected. And I remember looking at the television screen, I was like, I, I just, my blood boiling, not, you know, because I'm like beyond politics. It was like, but, but what about the stuff he said in the campaign about pussy grabbing and that whole like moment of just being so demeaning towards women? Like, um, and I had these debates with my family cause I have, my family members are Republican. There's, like, all different sorts and of, of uh, political views. And so when I heard that, though, I was like, you know what? I absolutely know for sure I want to share this song in response to that. Like, the quiet feels to me like my response to all the terrible things I heard on the radio as I was driving in L.A. during the campaign. So um, I decided to share it um but i didn't know how and then there's a facebook event that is the women's march and um no one really knew what that was really at that point but i was like you know what i'm going to share it like in honor of the women's march and then i thought okay what what is the best way of delivering this song without feeling self promotional cuz i really just spiritually felt really aligned with the women's march so i was like i want just want to like honor it and so if i passed out cd's it would be like weird people would have to hold it and stuff Download cards, even if I held up a sign with my own website, that's weird. So I was like, why don't I create a site and the hashtag that says I can't keep quiet and I'll invite like strangers to sing with me. And sing the song in harmony and I'll make sure when I write the harmony that it's all of us singing those words, as many of us singing those words together, rather than like everyone going doom, 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 you know, like acapella style and just one person singing lead. So, um, I couldn't recruit any women from LA cause at that point no one knew what the march was going to be. So I recruited, I email, I cold emailed a bunch of acapella groups in DC and then got 25 women to help me, um, Sing the song, and I actually brainstormed this idea with my friend Krista Sa, who created the Pussy Hats, mm-hmm. and she is the one who told me about Gina, about Mama Gina, and she's the one who gave me the books about um the her two books, and um we do the Holy Trinity all the time together, and we actually did that for like a year and a half leading up to the Women's March. We manifested so much stuff together, but we literally had these manifesting conversations about her idea about these pussy hats. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I think that could go viral, you know, cause people will want to get involved. And and then I was brainstorming with her about my song idea, and she helped me. She's like – because I was – she helped embolden me, and she's like, okay, I know you want to share the song, and you're thinking, like, maybe you'll sing with nine women. She's like, what about 25 women, like a choir? And I was like, that's a really big idea, but maybe we could do it. And that's literally what happened. So it's
1: wow. kind of crazy.
3: So then the song went viral because on while we were singing on the streets, this woman walked by and posted on her Twitter and her Facebook, and then on those accounts, it just like racked up millions of views. And then and then eventually, I got like two days later, I got flown out to sing for Samantha B and Emma Watson retweeted the the performance. Tom Morello and like Deborah Messing, all these different people. And then that led me to getting signed with Atlantic, Um, and then it's just been like a journey of going and talking and learning about the women's movement from, like, I'm so curious about where women have been, like, um, for for the last thousands of years to just understand where we're at in the progression. So it's just been a really cool journey. Yeah. Mm Wow. It's amazing. I'm moved by so
0: many aspects of what you just shared, knowing the girl who's sitting across from me and Elsa Gundo. And I know that when you love music so much and you want to make a difference, it's frustrating when your voice can't be heard. Yeah. I know, I know that firsthand. <laughs> yeah. And to just hear about the way you went about doing it repeatedly, you had... You know, a sister with you supporting you. You did all of the internal work to really manifest it. You made it not about you. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why this went viral is because your intentions were so pure and so authentic that you literally made your voice, they couldn't not hear you because of who you were being. And that really moves me
3: and it really inspires me. Thanks. That's really beautifully said. (laughs) There was this activist who called me and she said, the reason why I called you is because there's a moment in the video where you pull the other woman to stand with you in front. Mm -hmm. She's like, I wouldn't have called you if I didn't see that moment. And it's interesting. We're just so intuitive. You know, like humans, we notice little details and those are things. How do I live as a woman and be happy but also provide to the movement and, and not make it about me? Because I think there's a lot of chance for ego to overlap. So that's something that I think about a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What I really love about what you said, too,
0: is you really were speaking your truth. So I, I kind of want to get into it with all of the ladies. You know, what is it that has had women be so quiet when it comes to speaking their truth?
4: In essence, gets down to fear. We're afraid to speak up. We're afraid to cause conflict. We're afraid of the ramifications, even with our own sisters, even when they're not bigger than us. There's something innate in women that we hold back. I don't know if it's karmic. I don't know if we are born into a home that teaches us that or our religion or our patriarchy, but it seems pretty international that women have this. And it's our time now, you know, that you have to have some kind of realization and struggle that you're looking at as an individual, but we get to look at it as a gender right now at this time. And that's why this Me Too movement is so important. It's really not about today's twenty first century politics. What we're Mm -hmm. really talking about: how do we, as women, really empower ourselves through our voice and through our sisterhood?
3: Mm -hmm.
4: And that it's not anyone's fault. Yeah, that we need to take our our turn on the stage and really take positions of leadership and be responsible the entire world, not just protecting ourselves. But I think for me, that fear always eliminates beauty, you know, so any kind of fear does that. And I I have this one quote that I've read that really helps me, and it said, uh, the woman you're becoming will cost you people, relationships, spaces, and material things. Choose her over everything. Mm-hmm. And I love that's
3: your story, yeah I <laughs> you know I love that. and all pro- probably a lot you know all of us in here as well like I'm just getting to know you' all, but it's like such a good vibe in here and I was actually thinking that quote I was kind of gonna put like choose her like as a tattoo on my skin um <laughs> and I think it's a little funny because I'm also like curious about women <laughs> it's like
1: yeah. what is that? <laughs> it's like who's her <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
5: that quote actually makes me really sad because I just think, okay, so if we're, gonna, if we're going to be who we want to be, we're going to have to sacrifice a bunch of stuff. And I actually, I see that it's good to have that in the background because to be willing to lose things in order to be who you truly are, I think is important. So having that strength. So I love that part of the quote the part about you know that you're gonna to have to lose material things and this and that i mean what i feel like from your story milk is that you actually are gaining you know you gained a contract yeah out of becoming the woman who you are Out, right. out of speaking, your- you know
3: it's kind of like when we leave a location i can be like oh i'm so sad i'm leaving this location but i can also think oh, i'm headed toward this new location and i think you know i've i've left a five-year relationship But I'm also walking into like a whole world of learning new things Um, and this whole new journey made me unfit to be in that relationship so I I am shedding skin Um, but I'm also but the the skins that are not shedding are sisterhood like the ones of sisterhood I have some of my closest girlfriends I have goosebumps right now talking about them is that I've known them since I was five eleven and like we've just been through it all and like through all the different relationships I have and career moves and stuff I have them and like we chose each other we're like each other's family in that sense so maybe we do lose certain things I lost my home in Pasadena but like maybe maybe there's something I'm walking towards you know yeah Yeah.
0: well and I think it's I think it's the willingness to if you had been so attached to your career and the way that it was going this wouldn't have happened that you were doing this from such a genuine place that it allowed it to happen. Does that make
3: sense? Right, yeah, yeah. Like
0: you let go of the attachment to anything. You were just committed to making a
3: difference. It wasn't a it was no longer about you. That's a good point. Yeah, right before um the song went viral and I went to the women's march, actually my uh, my house got burglarized and I lost all my songs. Like my computers got stolen. Oh, yeah. And so, but I had to be like at that point it's like what are you going to do? Are you going to be like you know i just immediately was like all right well that means i need to write new songs like i don't know it's just like moving forward and the capability the capability that humans have and that women have of moving forward from loss is really powerful you know um i see it all the time like when i go to these different events and um and i speak to these women who have dealt with really traumatic events and there they are standing and giving people hope about what what can come next you know so
1: yeah, you know, I lost my ability to drive, to walk and to and then I regained my like skeletal system is stronger than ever where I've gotten to a point where I'm ready to like bear a child, right?
3: Wow. That's amazing. And um
1: so this is just such That's a so good beautiful. conversation to remind me that um, to stop avoiding having these conversations that I know I need to have.
3: And I was going to also say that, and that's so beautiful. Yeah. Cause I've been hearing about your journey with your health. The other thing I was going to say is that uh, storytelling, I deeply, deeply believe is one of the ways towards peace because the more humans are exposed to different types of people, like all of our stories will, will help empower somebody. And w- one of the questions like, why have women kept quiet? I mean, if we look at history, the history books that we studied in school, the v- pronouns that we accepted, you know, in the you know late '90s, it was he, you know, mm-hmm. his, and and I always wondered, I was like, okay, is this how we accept? It's such a like big conscious like acceptance of okay, right? I'm just supposed to accept that I'm a sub entity mm-hmm. of the he, mm-hmm. and so you know, I, inspiringly, I just met this one woman. She was like on the Hamilton cast, original cast in Chicago, and she told me that she was frustrated with the you know with some of the limitations of her being a an one part in this musical and so she's writing her own musical
4: mm-hmm. wow. and she's
3: writing about how um women took uh the power to create uh the right to vote and so she's creating a whole musical around that and that's awesome you know and women are kind of coming forward and and telling those stories and i think the more we hear those the more we'll learn to speak up because like how are we supposed to know to do that if there's not a, a path unless there's some people who trailblaze. Speaking of speaking up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything
0: that's been happening as of late, you know, the Me Too movement and Brett Kavanaugh. And I know there's a lot of differing opinions around the world. And for me, I feel kind of stupid and uneducated in a way, mm. and not to make a, a fict to make a, a fictitious reference. There, I don't know if, if anybody has seen the TV show. Um, what's it called again? The, the the, oh, The Handmaid's show. Tale. Oh, yes. Have you seen that show? Yeah. Okay, so I, I know it's I know it's based on a book, and I know it's a fictitious story. However, for those of you who don't know, it's about a futuristic society where the women are. Um, very few women can bear children and they're really having reproductive issues. So this group of sort of, I guess you could say, I would call them terrorists, actually. They they get this crazy idea to overthrow the government and basically take away all of women's rights and turn them into, like the women who can bear children, basically turn them into sex slaves. And it's this whole crazy society. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, that's crazy. That would never happen. But the way that it unfolds in the show it's not that crazy, and it makes me, it makes me feel a little bit terrified to think. Oh, our government is so stable, and mind you, I am not a political. I, I'm I do the best I can. I'm not a master at any of this, but as you know, a, a basic layman's person, there's a sense of me that I'm I'm terrified, feeling like it's very unstable, and I don't know what there is to do. I don't even know if my vote matters. I don't know what there is to do in the world of activism, what I can actually do to make a difference. And I don't know. I just wanted to know if anybody had any thoughts on that. (laughs) That's
3: really good. I mean, that's a very... Thanks for saying that because that I feel like many people feel exactly the same way as you do. I feel that way sometimes like when I look at social media, I'm just like inundated with so much information and there's so much division and there's so many blanket statements that are made. And then I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Like, actually, there's a lot of like – You know, intersection and um, agreement between like the right and the left actually, but then it gets clouded by these emotional topics that politics puts. We put uh, we put hot topics like abortion into politics when when actually like a lot of us agree on a lot of things. Like when we actually sit down and talk, like I have a lot of friends that are more moderate, and we have conversations like, "Okay, cool. We're actually like I see your side, and I feel better about it." I think uh, it's like. You know, mm. movements are so messy. Like to organize when I went to go sing in front of Supreme Court um, and when I did the the thing at the Women's March, those were so messy, so unorganized, but we just did it because we, we had to. And I think um, there's comfort in that for me like because we're all like, what should we do? How do we do it? And, you know, some, sometimes we want to be right or like perfect with how we do things, but perfectionism is just a form of fear. So if we get rid of that and then strip it down to simply like, let me just listen and then also speak my mind, but also listen. And that's the beauty of women is that we have a big capability of listening. And so if we add on the speaking my, our minds, mm-hmm. even within our own cir- social circles, mm-hmm. it just changes everything. Cause there's like that quote, like women are viral. Like there's imagining a circle of women and one woman will heal like the other circle of women. And then, um, those other women that just become newly healed have other social circles like budding off of them, and mm-hmm. so they'll start healing those circles. And this this has been happening like probably since eighteen hundreds, like, and it's just finally bubbling to the surface, like we're seeing it boil. And so that's the good news. Is I don't know if that's helpful, but yeah. I totally. I hold on to that deeply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to know what Tamiko thinks. About yeah. this. <laughs> so
4: you so you got to sing. Did you say the. Supreme Court you sang for,
3: too? I sang or in with in the United of, Nations? I sang at the United Nations, and wow. then the, the next week, ACLU and the Women's March and MoveOn.org had me sing on the steps of the Supreme Court. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, very yeah. cool.
4: Yeah. The, you know, uh, Lindsay brings up Brett Kavanaugh We're talking about the su- Supreme Court. And I grew up in a time where I was at work and listening to the Anita Hill, mm-hmm. right? Anita mm-hmm. Hill testimony. And at that point, it was very clear that there wasn't one woman on the Senate Judiciary Committee for that hearing. At that time, they didn't even have a woman's
2: restroom
4: near the chambers.
2: Wow! (laughs) So when
4: I look at politics historically, and I am a huge activist. I've been marching since the Iraq War. My father went to Vietnam. My other relatives have gone two tours. I have relatives in Afghanistan. So I really see the repercussions of war and this unhealthy, you know, patriarchal society, this toxic masculinity and how it's hurt men so much. And I really feel that part of that is for us to be accountable, that without great evil, there's no great good. And the fact that everything's blowing up in our face right now, we're seeing all this detriment. And I'm looking at it from a historical perspective and how far we've actually come in my lifetime alone. That mm-hmm. I feel that this is the best momentum for the 21st century for women to look at the fact that we are accountable for not finding our voice. But now we have a chance, even with our own daughter's and our own husbands, and our own fathers, that we have very honest conversations. And once we have these conversations, what we can say to our male friends and loved ones is, you know, please help your other male friends. Because I think men can help change men, and women can help empower and change women. And once we take on that responsibility like you did through this song— And getting that message out, everything is going to start shifting. And I'm really excited about the next, you know, part of this century. In terms of Brett Kavanaugh, you know, what's interesting is that when when little boys came out during the Catholic priest time, Mm -hmm. there was only outrage. Oh, my gosh. These poor little boys, they waited 30 years to tell. Mm. When women wait— The first response Mm. is, why did they wait so long? Oh, my goodness. So I think it's really important to understand that (laughs) there's no time frame to talk about sexual assault. You could Mm. wait 50 years and it's still completely safe to talk about whether you're a man or a woman. That's the message I want people to get. That, you know, regardless of the fact we didn't have a full FBI investigation, none of us have seen the report. It wasn't really done properly. Um, And we don't really know the truth. We think we know the truth. It sounds like, you know, all of us have been assaulted and had sexual harassment. So it makes perfect sense that this guy did this to this young girl. But we weren't there. So at the end of the day, this is the lesson to women is when things happen, tell somebody right away. This is the opening we finally got there. Let's do it from this point on. That's what I'm hoping anyway.
5: Yeah, and also there's a something I'm really excited about from everything that happened through the testimony and the hearings and everything. Is when I think about the young men that are on campuses right now and they're hearing these stories and and young boys in high school and they're hearing they're they're exposed to this and they understand that yep this man had to spend this day before one of the most important moments of his life being shamed in front of the entire country and he had a bunch of douchebags come to his you know <laughs> come to his side to defend him uh That doesn't take away from how awful that experience must have been for that man. And bottom line, the thing I'm most excited about is that they're getting, I can't just do terrible things because I'm intoxicated, because I'm drunk at a party and Mm -hmm. it's okay. And like, women aren't, these girls aren't going to say anything. We won't stay quiet. We're not going to stay (laughs) quiet. There's some people really excited. You know, that he made it on. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't want to completely dishonor those folks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because we all have our different life perspectives. Totally. It's just for those of us who aren't excited about it, we're gonna to have to take a lot of action. And it's okay because I think from your perspective, Tamiko, what I really get, okay, so we're we're doing great, even with these hits that it feels like we're taking like the overall trend is that things are getting better and we're evolving and our whole society is evolving with us, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So milk, what, what's next for you in terms of, I I guess, is it okay if I call you an activist (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. in in your activism and, and what's next for you?
3: What do you have coming up? Um, I gotta say that, uh, last podcast I heard of you guys is with mama Gina really like helped to shift and turn on a light, for me, because I've been doing a lot of activism, and right now I'm I'm actually turning down the activism a little bit to focus on the record. Because I think we all have genius zones of like where we um, express the best, and like music is still a very powerful way um, for for me to channel my feelings. So I want to like get all that music out there. I'm writing music that is a little more movement driven because. I think about like these – like I've been going around the world singing these songs that are about things that are difficult but also really necessary. And so what's the next thing is is movement, like literal action and also just like making the body feel good. And the last podcast you guys had had shared with the world was, you know, um, Mama Gina talked about what's the next move in the Me Too movement. And it's about like, you know – helping women tap into their own pleasure points and also sisterhood and all that. And so um, I'm going to write music to help promote that more and then just continue finding my voice and how do I express thoughts about things that are so complex in this world um, without being blanket like, oh, like I hate the right, like that's totally not the point you know, I remember when Quiet went viral, some Republican women asked some of the singers in my that choir, like, is this a song for Democratic women or Republican women? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, so floored by that question. I was like, no, it's for every woman. And I think the beautiful thing about that is that, like, women, if we unite, like, we'll help build a, a nice leadership, you know. Yeah. So I think <laughs> this is a very abstract answer to your question, but— Continuing to search, and even in my own life and personally yeah. and musically, no, it's,
1: it's
0: perfect. You're an artist, and and I'm very excited to hear that you're working on new music. I think you're a really incredible example of somebody that had to tear away everything to get to her own core's truth to really pre- to really create what she was committed to. So, I have a question, kind of selfishly for myself mm-hmm. and for all of our listeners yeah. for for those people out there that have something there. They want to do so bad, and they're so committed to it, and they love it, and they just feel stuck, right? Because mm-hmm. what I heard in your sharing is like you were stuck before you really had this kind of breakthrough, yeah. right? Yeah. What advice do you have to someone who has some a, a voice that they want to have out in the world, and they just feel
3: stuck right now? Um, that's such a good question. I get so excited about this question. <laughs> um, so on one level— um, I, I'm started meditating on abundance and I just wanted to convince myself that like scarcity is not something that I need to be using to drive my life instead of like fear so i actually meditated for months about how this world is abundant and and the way i realized it was that because when we, i love one person and then i love a second person my love for the first person doesn't diminish i can actually love like a limitless amount of people and there's no limit and so i was like that's where it's that's where i have like a uh, An abundant amount of resources is through my love and through these abstract concepts. So that really helped me. So meditating and taking time to be still and taking time to be alone, um, even if it's 10 minutes a day, to really think, like, what do I want? Like, how do I feel about this? Like, that's one. Second thing, I'd pay attention to how I'd feel after I leave people. Do I feel full after this encounter? Do I feel empty after this encounter? How does my pussy feel after this encounter? Mm-hmm. And then this the third thing would be I I I took a leap of faith by volunteering my time and offering my, my skills for free to producers I admired. I was like, I'll intern for you. I'll edit your vocal tracks. Like, Can you teach me? And then I was like, I'll do your social media. Can you just give me feedback on my songs? People, and I approach people I was slightly intimidated by mm-hmm. that I thought they were too good for me. I was like, oh, if only I was good enough, like I could hang out with that person. I was like, okay, then go offer something to that person and state your admiration for them. And then don't expect anything, but just let it become this long romance, you know, with that person, just like a long, slow romance and doors opened like crazy from these, from my honest desire to like have a, quote unquote romance with this producer not like that type of romance because yeah. that is not a good idea um, <laughs> No wingers, don't date producers don't do um, I mean yeah there's, there are exceptions but yeah just like slowly romancing everyone in my life my sisters my friends and then m- the people who I looked up to well speaking of
4: loving lots of people I want to know what kind of girl turns you on <laughs> <laughs> let's
3: go there <laughs> this uh,
0: talk. come uh, on <laughs>
3: You know, it's so funny because I'm just opening this door in my mind and like someone was just like said, I was hanging out with a girl and she kind of like flirted with me. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I think like confident, confidence is so hot and um, curious, having a slutty brain, like just, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And I do love like the the boy cuts, like it's fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm Nice. Amazing.
0: Milk, would you be willing to sing the song that has made a difference for so many people? Yeah,
3: I'd love it. I'd love to. If uh, you'd like to sing along, I'd love it even more. I'll see see if I can (laughs) harmonize a little.
2: Okay. Put on your face, know your place, shut up and smile. Don't spread your legs, I could do that. But no one knows me, no one ever will If I don't say something, if I just lie still Would I be a monster, scare them all away If I let them hear what I have to say I can't keep quiet, no, I can't keep quiet, no, a one-woman riot, no, I can't keep quiet for anyone. No, not anymore Cause no one knows me, no one ever will If I don't say something, take that dry blue pill They may see a monster, they may run away But I have to do this I can't keep quiet, no, I can't keep quiet, no, a one-woman riot, no, I can't keep
3: quiet. Snap? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: can't keep quiet. Can you guys keep that going? Okay. Yeah. I can't, keep quiet. I can't, keep, I can't keep, quiet. keep quiet. There'll be someone who understands. I can't keep quiet. There'll be someone who understands. I can't keep quiet. There'll be someone who understands. I can't keep quiet. There's someone who understands. I can't keep quiet. Wow! Did we just become a choir?
4: (laughs) Pussy Choir.
3: Pussy Choir podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Offshoot of Clit Talk. Clit Sing. (laughs) Clit Sing?
0: We need to start clipsing. <laughs> clip Me and Milk are starting clipsing up in here. Um, yeah,
3: so where where can we find you? Yeah, um, uh, I have this um, fund that's called the I Can't Keep Quiet Fund, and it helps support uh, charities that I think are amazing. So it's I can um, There's also my website, Milk Music, M I L C K Music. Um, and then any social media platforms, is just at M I L C K Music and you have new music coming out when which when can we expect your new album to drop um next year i do have a collaboration project with youtube that's coming out Next month, um, a new song called "A Little Piece." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that will be coming out soon, and then, yeah, the new album will be next year. Okay, yeah. very exciting. Oh, I was gonna say, I'm also gonna be on tour with Reese Witherspoon's company called Hello Sunshine. She does this amazing thing with Together Live, and we're gonna be on the East Coast, so you can check all the all this okay, dates. On so, for all media. our East
0: Coast listeners, Milk is gonna be there. Let's this-
1: see. <laughs>
0: so thank you to all of our Clitorati out there for listening to the pussy powerhouse that is Clit Talk. Thank you so much, Milk, for coming. And for all of our listeners out there, we will definitely be promoting some of Milk's things. You can hit us up on our Instagram, at Clit Talk Show. Also, if you love Clit Talk, please subscribe and share the shit out of our show with all of your friends. I mean all of them, every single last one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love the fuck out of you, Clitorati, and we will see you next Tuesday.